Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Hello, Victoria, and thank you for joining me here on this uh, episode 66 of the Fifth Estate podcast for Sunday, 25th September 2022. This episode, I'm going to have a bit of a rant about speeding fines, a little bit of comments on something that was proposed by Swinburne Uni and then uh, once it got aired or became public, it was cancelled. A bit about bikies and uh, some comments on Supreme Leader Andrews. So, uh, kicking it off with that, uh, I'm going to start about the speeding fines. Now, most people should be aware of my views of speeding fines uh, being more from the what you would call free market anarchist point of view. I don't see the point in speeding fines. Uh, they're not there to uh, save lives or lower the road toll. Or actually, what do they call lives? Lives lost, uh, road deaths, or whatever they call it now. Uh, they're not there to do anything else other than a revenue raise for the government. And it, it's the thing. I mean, it, so, okay, let's let's look at it objectively. If it was there to save lives and to keep people safe, why isn't there a visible presence? Why are we uh, increasingly seeing covert cameras, uh, you know, the, the plane car not marked car sitting on the side of the road, why are we getting red light cameras, why are we getting everything automated? Whereas, you know, okay, so I'm driving down the road today. I decide to say, no, break the speed limit a little bit. Oh, no, I'm in a rush, so I'm not going to worry about doing 80 down here. I'll do 100. So bang, I get my picture taken. So what happens? Today being Sunday, it's not going to be sent out in the mail today. So it might be, oh, actually it probably might, uh, might be collected in the mail or it'll get processed tomorrow. So let's say it gets processed tomorrow. Uh, with the way Australia Post is, what, I get it maybe by Friday or maybe next week. Let's say it takes a week, so I'll get it next Monday. Um, where's, where, what, what has happened then? Have I... You know, is it something that, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that? It's just like, oh, you know, you let a few expeditives go and then you pay your fine. You don't, um, you know, you, your behaviour isn't changed. And I'm not saying that we need to have more visible cars on the road and all that sort of stuff. I, I think that the uh, with modern cars, I think that speed limits are deliberately set low to get us into a position where we are likely to... Uh, exceed the speed limit uh, for that one. Uh, the you know speed limits haven't kept up with the increases in technology in vehicles. Yes, I understand. You know, twenty years ago, that cars weren't as uh, technologically advanced as what they are these days. So you know there is potentially the requirement for any you know, for to make things, you know, reduce the, the, the limits. And remember, the speed limit is always set for the lowest common denominator. Um, so it's not set for those people who are able to drive proficiently. Uh, it is always set for those who cannot drive uh, for that. So, I mean, the car I drive has got 
uh, autonomous braking and all that lane lane keeping technology and all that sort of good stuff in it. And it's the thing I've got it set up so you know cars in front stop and it starts letting off warning signals that you've got to start braking um, and all that. Admittedly. I haven't been game enough to try to see what would happen if I didn't. Uh, though, if it's anything like the reverse parker, it will lock on in a hurry. So, you know, I have the um, um, reversing sensors on the car. Uh, more, you know, more of a use for when I'm in the garage, um, backing up and, and all that sort of stuff. But you know, you pull up anywhere with a gutter, and it will hit the brakes before you are even anywhere near the gutter um, because it just, you know, picks that up as something being solid uh, and, and that's, uh, that locks stops the car. So, you know, what's going to happen in, let's say, you know, if uh, internal combustion engines or, or cars are still around in, in five or ten years' time and everything's autonomous and everything is, uh, you know, uh, controlled by computers in the vehicles. I mean, are, are we going to see an increase in the speed limits from that? Uh, but this is thing. So anyway, bringing it back to the point. Now there was uh, an article in the Herald Sun: uh, low-level speed fines and road safety fanfare missed the point. Now this relates to New South Wales uh, road safety. Uh, they're putting out little posters and all that sort of stuff, and cameras and and everything like that. So, but you know, it, it's the thing is that. <laughs> How do we do it? Um, if if the government is serious about keeping safe people safe on the roads, why aren't they spending more money on actual driver training rather than turning? You know, but it's the thing is that, and as I've ranted with other people, is that these fines are going to keep increasing because the government needs to recoup money somehow. So they either put up taxes, which people get upset about, or they'll increase speeding fines or put more cameras in, which you know. It's the thing, how can you argue with that because, you know, we can't because everyone believes the whole um, BS story that, oh, it's there to keep people safe. Well, you know, I, I think that we start challenging that. Uh, it's not a road safety uh, measure. It's a revenue-raising measure, same as, um, uh, you know, the, the roadside huff and puffs and everything like that. It's a, it's a revenue-raising thing. It's got nothing to do with, with keep people, keeping people safe and we know uh, safety is a feeling, not uh, something that's there. You can feel safe in the most dangerous situation uh, but that's the thing, you know, keeping someone safe. Is that the same as uh, removing their risk of, of, you know, removing or reducing the risk of, of something happening, you know? Is that like taking away the dangerous situation? I mean, every time you get in a car, you're taking a risk. Um, yes, they can. Oh, they can make you feel safe by making you wear a seatbelt. They're still not going to stop someone driving through the traffic lights and t-boning you or swerving onto the other side of the road and giving a head on uh, for that. So, you know, it, it's the thing. Um, I, yeah, I'd love to see speed limits gone. Uh, I think that they should be something. Uh, you know, I mean, even from the, you know, free market and anarchist point of view, uh, how would you do speed limits? I mean, I think most people, 
would be aware that you don't go down a suburban street at 80 k's an hour or 90 k's an hour. Yes, there will be idiots that do that, uh, though it's a thing I think that there should be further consequences for that. Um, substantial, uh, you know, what would you say? You can make it a financial penalty, um, but hey, you know, that's something that we can work out. I just don't think that these arbitrary speed limits and, um, you know, covert cameras and, you know, potentially entrapment devices that are there are really doing anything to keep people safe. Now, I do need to look into it further because I do want to rant about it a bit later on. Um, I think Texas removed uh, all their red light cameras uh, because they found out that they were uh, creating more of a havoc than anything else. Uh, Where is it? 2019. Um, Texas is the latest state to pump brakes on red light cameras. Uh, Wait for the article to load. What's this one? For the New York Times. And, of course, it's behind a paywall. So let's have a look at another one. Um, Dallas News. Actually, no, what's this? Click to Houston. Uh, why did Texas outlaw red light cameras when red light running is rampant and increasing? Um, red light cameras have been a divisive topic for years in Texas. They were outlawed in, uh, by the state in 2019. Uh, some cities installed them in sections to stop people running red lights, operated by taking photos of cars and issuing citations. Uh, cities justified red light programs from a safety perspective, asserting that they reduce collisions at intersections and therefore save lives. As a secondary effect, the programs also generated millions of dollars in revenue for the cities each uh, every year. Uh, critics of the cameras make various arguments against them. Many see them as a symbol of government overreach. They argue that the camera program is unconstitutional because they violate a driver's right to due process by not allowing the accused to confront their accuser, which, hey, that's the same thing out here. Uh, some people think that the main intent of red light cameras is revenue generation instead of safety, which is the same thing here. Still, others say that cameras actually decrease safety at intersections. The safety argument against the cameras goes like this. To avoid getting cited for running a red light, drivers slam on their brakes at intersection as a light is turning red. These quick stops actually result in more rear-end collisions. Obviously, this argument runs counter to city safety's justification for the cameras. In Sugarland, uh, data shows that red light cameras actually did improve safety. While red light cameras were in operation, the city observed a 50% reduction in accidents at monitored uh, intersections over the first uh, six to eight years the cameras in operation. Ultimately, conservative lawmakers sided with the critics. They prevailed in banning red light cameras in Texas. But despite the ban, a few cities have red light cameras. Houston, Humble, uh, Houston area, Humble is one of them. Uh, <coughs> By law, the state cannot negate or terminate a government contract as a direct result. Oh, well, there you go. That's why some of it's still going on. Um, some are there until 2024. Uh, so this is the thing. I think that we do need to ask that question out here. How do they do it? Uh, you know, I mean, we've seen, you know, most people when there's a camera on the side of the road, they'll start flashing the headlights to drivers coming the other way so they become aware of it. Uh, but, you know, it's the thing. You have a look at that. Uh, the red light cameras do, uh, you know, 
take away, which is, you know, everyone's talking about human rights. Uh, the presumption of innocence is one of the human rights. And it's, it's the thing is that by issuing a fine, it says that, you know, basically you have to admit your guilt in it. it you know, you're proven to be guilty and it's up to you to prove that you're innocent, not the other way around. Same thing happens with uh, roadside breath tests and all that sort of stuff. You get pulled over for whatever reason they, you know, put you on the huff and puff and you can't deny it. You can't say, hey, explain to me your reasonable uh, belief that I am, you know, driving, um, well, what is it, driving under the influence? Uh, or whatever the, the terminology is now. Explain that. What, what's your reasonable belief? Oh, I don't need one because you're driving a vehicle. I can t- I can stop you at any time. I can say you have to blow in this. If you refuse to blow in this, you can get arrested. So that's the thing is that the the state has believed that you are guilty of driving whilst uh, under the influence of either uh, alcohol or whatever the other illegal substances there are or, or that they've, they're able to identify. So the state has decided that you're guilty and it's up to you to prove your innocence. Well, you know what, they've, that's denied your basic human right of the presumption of innocence. It's up to the state to mount a case to say that, hey, no, you are guilty of this. So what? Um, and, and this is the thing, you know, that this is why I'd love to see uh, it challenged, uh, you know, a, a potential thing, you know, driving whatever it is where the you know they have to do a, a roadside sobriety test uh for that one uh, but then what again you know what if i don't want to blow in a huff and puff and say no well you get arrested and then you can be you know you can be locked up for a period of time uh and all that sort of stuff i'm, I'm not sure if victoria they can uh, forcibly take blood samples or anything like that but it's the point is that the state is exercising an authority over you that you have to prove your innocence rather than them rather than them prove your guilt uh, for that one. So you know, it, it's I think I wish more people would wake up and realise that, and especially with cameras being privatised too. It, it's um, you know, speed cameras are privatised in Victoria by the read looks of this article. They're privatised in uh, New South Wales as well. So. You know, there's the, there's a government contract. Of course, that these things are going to be put in uh, places that increases the revenue for the operator and in turn the government. Because the more people that the operator catches, being you know the operator being the, the, the company, the more people that they catch, the more money that they get, and then in turn that the more money the government gets. So, you know, it's it's a bit. Um, a conflict of interest there or a potential corruption. Uh, so, yes, it's it's the state uh, deciding, you know, how they can do, you know, basically they're there to do what they want. It's up to us to push back against them and I think we do need to push back and say no, no more speed cameras on the side of the road, no more red light cameras, no more speed cameras at intersections, no more anything like that. Um, and it's the thing. It's they... Um, uh, they don't. Okay, lives lost, Victoria. Um, so twenty twenty one calendar year to midnight twentieth of September. So this was updated. What day was the twentieth? Was that Thursday? Uh, oh no, Monday, Tuesday. So I was last updated Tuesday. Uh, so 
uh, Tuesday last year, up to, sorry, the 20th of September last year, we had, actually, no, that correction, that'd be Wednesday because it was up to midnight. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here. Uh, 2021, 158 people had died on the roads. Now, uh, for this year, it's 182. So it's obvious that speed cameras don't save lives. Otherwise, why was that number so high? And if you have a look at, for the equivalent periods, the five-year average, uh, 2019 was a bit of a shocker of a year. Uh, because it was 195, whereas this year it's only 182. Uh, 2017 was 183, which gives you an average of 176, 167. Um, mm, uh, but, you know, it's still the thing is that we have a look what is it seven bicyclists 80 drivers so down one um 38 motorcyclists 20 passengers and 36 pedestrians uh what does that asterisk mean oh includes pillions so you know it's the thing why you know, if they save lives, why aren't they saving lives here? Oh, but it's only in that area that they save lives. Well, what, do you want to run them out to every road? Um, yeah, it's a thing. I think that we just need to stop believing the government BS, uh, especially after the BS they've, they've fed us over the last two years and actually start looking critically uh, at everything that they start to tell us. Now, going on to that, I um, want to have a bit of a rant about the bikies now uh, what was it? This weekend, uh, the Comancheros, uh, which is a motorcycle club, uh, had one of their grand, um, uh, bike ride on Saturday. Now, of course, Victoria Police, the enforcement arm of the state, was out there uh, with their pretty high-vis vests on that say Police Viper. Now, Viper's a new squad that they've got to supposedly... Uh, crackdown on on these groups. Now, if have a look at this article in the Herald Sun. They've pulled over, over all these bikies, um, all, all the motorcycles to obviously do road safety inspections and all that sort of stuff on it. Now, there's one particular point here, a photo here, where the police are taking a photo of the, is he the national president? Uh, I think he is. Uh, yeah, the new leader, so I believe he's that. So they're taking a photo of him. Now, why are they taking a photo of him? Okay, first of all, understand it's a public place and you can do what you want. But the police are taking a photo of this individual for their records. Why? Why are we allowing Victoria Police to take photos of people for their records? Now, this... I mean, they know who this person is. They've got photos of him. They've probably got his fingerprints. They know everything about him. Why do they need to take a a photo of him on on the side of the road? And so this is the thing. This is only done for threats and intimidation and this is to send a message to these people. Um, Now, there was one, I think that they did say that one uh, motorbike was... Deemed not to be safe or something like that. Um, there you go. One, mos- one motorcycle was banned from the ride over a number plate breach. Now, so 
out of how many people? Hang on, let me find. Uh, 27. 27 there and he got one one motorcycle for a number plate breach, which probably really wasn't that one that big a deal when you have a look at it. So anyway, but goes back to the point. Why is Victoria Police taking photos of people? We've seen the same thing with the surveillance cameras at all the the relevant protests over the last two years. They have their surveillance cameras out. So it's going to have facial recognition on it. This this mugshot will be to update their files. So this is what the person looks like. This is the visible tattoos, all that sort of stuff. Now, why? Why is Victoria Police doing that? What What's their reason for it? Um, no, they need a lawful reason. And and this, it's something that I've, I've ranted about for a while now and I'm going to keep ranting about it. Victoria Police is over, they're, they're exceeding their authority for what they're doing. Now, um, and it's the thing that they need to be reined in. There needs to be, um, the only thing I can think of is Royal Commission. I'd love to see Victoria Police disbanded um, their power spread out everywhere because Victoria have the police have the power to do so much to wreck anyone's life and to make life harder for you that they should not have that. They should not have that authority. They should not have that ability. And the the decisions that are made by Victoria Police should not rest with the Chief Commissioner. It should rest with the Parliament, not even the Minister, because the Ministers are always going to be um, lackeys of, of whatever government is in power. It should rest with the Parliament. The Parliament is the one that should decide what decisions the Commissioner can make outside of the day-to-day running of Victoria Police. And even going one step further, Victoria Police should have civilian oversight um, for that. You know, I'd, I'd love to see some sort of uh, civilian board, um, board of commissioners, uh, you know, a little bit of a um, similar to, I think, what um, Los Angeles does with a board of commissioners for that one and then even to the point of uh, having any incident uh, automatically, you know, reviewed by civilians. And, and, and you know, you can look and, oh, but IBAC does that. Well, you know what, IBAC kicks so much back to Victoria Police that it's not funny uh, for that one. So I think it, it's it's the thing. And, oh, but then if you do that, they're not going to make decisions, they're not going to do things because, you know, they're going to be second-guessed, you know, outside of that. Well, hey, if that's what happens, that's what happens um, for that one. So... It's the thing, you know, we do need to be uh, looking at their ability to do things and, you know, just more oversight on them. I mean, a, a decent Royal Commission and, and clean it all out, start at pattern uh, and work downwards, start the broom, get the big bash broom out and just sweep all the crap out of it. Um, for the one, now, continuing on, on with the bikies thing, uh, there was something in the Daily Mail, uh, this is from WA, uh, more than 300 outlaw bikies legally possess firearms as police welcome new powers to restrict gun ownership after admitting they were powerless to stop them. Um, so this is something similar to what's going on in Victoria about firearm uh, prohibition orders and all that sort of stuff. Now, in WA, there's new laws coming in that says uh, people can be refused uh, the ability to have a licence based on uh, feelings or, or thoughts of whatever it is from uh, the um, uh, governing authority being the state uh, for that one. Now, it, it's the thing. Yes, people can, you know, what they've got access to firearms, uh, but then they're turning around and saying, oh, but all these things are, you know, 
it just increases that. Like, you know what? No, like who's going to go through the process of, of getting licensed and then using their firearm that they use legally to go out and do a drive-by? It's going to be something that they've got on the black market, they can't be traced, whatever. Um, and Victoria, Victoria, WA, going like the rest of the nanny states in this country, has also banned gel blasters. Uh, I think Queensland is the, or maybe even Tasmania, the only states where you can use gel blasters. So uh, they are um, toys that fire out little gel balls that um, don't penetrate skin, don't leave bruises. Uh, Using gel blasters is probably even a lot safer than paintball. Uh, For that one yet, hey, we allow paintball in here. Oh, no, we won't allow gel blasters because those toys look nasty. They look mean. Uh, but you know what, people are, things are being penalised on, on the looks of it. Uh, so getting on with this one, uh, there is something, one of the comments um, from that one uh, from someone says, banning people from owning firearms on suspicion of anything is a slippery soap. I despise guns. I believe no one needs a gun for any reason in their home unless they are to be used for the humane disposal of li- livestock. That's it. End of use for guns. But banning people for possession for possessing one on suspicion of something is just a step away from very serious breaches of civil liberties. How hard it is to take the word gun and replace it with car, job, marriage, bank account, holiday, right to privacy, purple clothing, etc. Something in that list uh, will be precious to someone and banning any of those things on the suspicion of some thought or act would be seen as ridiculous and would not be stood for by the community it is the start of policing of thought and is a dangerous path so this is the thing we've seen that this country allowed the various governments to um say oh no the you know the chief health officer or chief medical officer has said no you can't go to work because you're not an essential employee and and shut down the state so you know we tolerated these bureaucrats deciding who and who isn't essential and who and who isn't who can't come into your house, um, who you can't go and see. You know, you can't go more than five k's from your home. We've allowed that to happen. So, this is the thing. You know, this this applies you know, in Victoria is that you have to be a, a fit and proper person and, and all that sort of crap. Um, and yet, if you have a look at it, is Victoria Police a fit and proper organisation to have firearms? Look at the firearms they've got access to. Look at everything they've got access to. And I still believe that they are um, – the the mere existence of Victoria Police in its current form is unconstitutional because the uh, Constitution prohibits the states from raising a military. And yet you have a look at the, the tactics, the weapons used and everything from of Victoria Police and they would be defined as a military force uh, for that one. So, yeah – love to see that one challenged um for that so yeah it, it's the thing is that we're heading down and it, this is all in line with esg and, and everything like that that uh you know what you know you've we think you're going to do something wrong so you can't you know you can't have that well you know what just saying someone can't have a license doesn't mean to say that they're not going to be able to go and get a bang bang stick somewhere else um they reckon that there's um what two hundred thousand. Um, unlicensed firearms in Australia. Uh, hang on, I'm just looking up for the article. Um, uh, 
How many? Unregistered. Why did I do unlicensed? Uh, gun policy. This is from... Doesn't say. Doesn't say. Oh, yeah, anyway. Um, oh, there you go. According to Wikipedia, uh, in October 2016, it was estimated there were 260,000 unregistered guns in Australia, 250,000 long arms and 10,000 handguns. Um. Most of them are in the hands of organised crime groups and other criminals. There are 3 million registered firearms in Australia. <coughs> um, so, yeah, it's... it's um, so, anyway, yeah, you know, it, it's the thing. Once you pass laws, it's only going to impact the law abiding. It's not going to impact those who have no regard for the law... Uh, or consider the laws, um, uh, you know, a, a pain in the ass or anything like that. And hey, if we take a, a leaf out of uh, Sally McManus's book, the Secretary of the ACTU, then hey, we should be disobeying these or breaking these unjust laws because it's the thing. She's admitted to it. She's advocated for it. So, so yeah, um, for that one. Now, moving on to the next thing, um, while I get some breath. Uh, there was plans by Swinburne University, uh, Swinburne University of Technology, that they had a um, uh, one of the academics decided that hey, if you run and you help or you volunteer to help a um, someone else from the university, you go and volunteer for them then you'll get credits. Now it says, uh, Dr. Rob Hoffman told students voluntarily campaigning or research roles would count towards their degree. So uh, this is it. Uh, Swinburne University's manager of student equity is running as a Teal Independent with the backing of Simon Holmes Court. So it's a Teal Independent. So this is a de facto political party and getting support from a university. Now this is the thing. Um, why is that um, particular professor, student, uh, whatever it was, um, why are they saying help them? Why not help any political party? And it's the thing is um, Dr Hoffman's message to the students said Mel was running as a Teal Independent for the seat of Hawthorne in a campaign focused on climate action, political integrity, gender and LGBTQI and inclusive communities, education, housing and health. Um, he said, these were themes you are already studying as part of your degree, so you have experience that you can contribute to community messaging as part of Mel's campaign. Uh, so uh, those who enrol in the summer course would get a credit by reporting, writing a report on what they'd done during the election. Other volunteers could not get course credit, but we are looking at aligning uh, blah, 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 blah. Now, it's the thing is that why... Why is this? And it, it only, once it was uh, put out by the Herald Sun that it was stopped. 
Now, if it hadn't been for the Herald Sun becoming aware of it, publicising it, this would have happened. And it's the thing is that um, there's there's a particular US podcaster, Jesse Kelly, that I listen to a fair bit, uh, and he always talks about the communist uh, has infiltrated these institutions and everything like that, and he had big rants about it. And it's the thing, I, I think that we need to start accepting that. We need to start accepting that these institutions are not there to educate, they are there to indoctrinate. And this one is... Um, you know, a, a perfect example of it. You're going to get extra credit points um, for, on your degree if you go and help a, a alleged independent candidate. And, you know, why? Why just them? Why someone running... T- what if your views are completely different for it and you're going to be penalised because you won't help them whereas all the other idiots in your class who decide that, hey, that's what they want... Um, they will get extra credit points. But, yeah, it, it, it's a thing. Um, why this uh, Dr. Dr. Hoffman still has a job is beyond me, uh, though it shows that the university has lacks the intestinal fortitude uh, to uh, sack that um, individual and also shows that the relevant education – and it has to be the state education minister because the Commonwealth cannot run education – because they do not have the constitutional authority for it, the state education minister should be asking for or demanding their resignation. And if they don't resign or get sacked, then Swinburne uh, University of Technology needs to lose any funding and any state-based things that they have um, and any protections that they have uh, and all that sort of stuff. So it's a thing. You know, we need to start pushing back hard in its time Uh as I've said before, this election I believe is an important one. If we don't uh, wake up and change the way that things are, then you know what? I, I think Victoria is going to be a very, very different place uh, in the next four years. Now, one last thing I do want to get to is talking about uh, changing regimes. Uh, according to the Herald Sun yesterday, Supreme Leader Andrews, uh, his government has been ordered to hand over suburban rail loop documents. Now, this is not the first time it happened. Um, Last month, the Office of Victorian Information Commissioner ordered the release of agendas and meeting minutes from the Suburban Rail Loop Authority. Uh, Now, OVIC has again ordered the release of materials the SRLA refused to release to the state opposition under freedom of information laws. So, it's the thing. You know what? Supreme Leader Andrews does not give a whoopty. Um, he doesn't care. What's he going to do? What are they going to do? Take him to court and he'll just drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. And then once the election's gone, like, who cares? Um, he's either going to drag it out to the next election, in which case once the election's done, he's still uh, in power. So he's going to go ahead with this massive, massive whatever money laundering campaign or scheme that he's got there um, to effectively send money back to China and to the CFMEU or he's going to turn around and say, well, hey, I've lost power, the, the opposition's not going to continue with it so why hand over the documents anyway? Um, so, you know, it, it's the thing is that this is how bad this regime is and uh, copped a few comments about yesterday's one about uh, Dan, yesterday's podcast about Dan Andrews creating a fascistic state in Victoria uh, this is it. I mean, how much more proof do you need that we are not living in a, a whatever you want to call Victoria, free and open society where the rule of law is respected, etc., etc.? We're not. We're living in some 
um, bordering fascistic or, or totalitarian um, regime. Uh, it's it's whatever the Andrews government says goes. Uh, Parliament is ignored because there's so many regulations out there that the minister can just make decisions or that uh, ability to make decisions is handed off to some other individual, such as going back to Victoria Police, the Chief Commissioner and um, other delegates. So I think there's inspectors and chief inspectors and all that sort of stuff that can make, make decisions, as we saw uh, that that was a bit of a stuff up uh, with the... Uh, swearing in of um, PSOs and um, sworn officers. So, yeah, you know, the it, it was discovered that the person uh, who did the swearing in of them was not was not did have did not have the authority to do that. So that you know, it was about a thousand odd that were running around with firearms and um, potentially arresting people and uh, denying people their rights. And they didn't have the legal authority to do that. So uh, there's that. We've seen that with the um, uh, withdrawal. No, we're not going to withdraw uh, claim or case against our uh, charges against the Black Lives Matter protesters, uh, two of the organisers, that they were withdrawn and then the legal counsel was told that they were withdrawn, then they weren't and then it came out in court that the uh, particular police officer at the time didn't have the authority to withdraw it. So... It's the thing. I mean, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just whatever whatever these the the state says goes, and it's up to everyone else to to catch up for it. Uh, so yes, and now uh, going to end this one here, uh, and in closing, again, if you haven't done so already, I would like you to or ask you to become a member of the Australian Federation Party. Uh, the party's looking for as many members as it can get to satisfy the requirements of the Victorian Electoral Commission. Uh, if you want to join up, go to australianfederationparty.com.au um, and you'll see the links to becoming a member from that one. Um, and also I'll include a link in the show notes on that. So that about wraps it up for this episode, guys and girls and people and those listening out there in podcast land, um, maybe even some cats and dogs. Um Yes, so uh, I will try and do another one as soon as I can. Uh, And until then, uh, thanks for listening and bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.